It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome in from high atop Michigan Stadium uh, for our Mason Brew Michigan versus Army postgame show. I'm here, Anthony Brew, here with Trevor Woods, your two guys from Mason Brew who were here on site covering the game. Also, shout out to Dustin Johnson who took the pictures for us and always does a terrific job. We like having him around. Uh, let's get right into it here. We want to make this quick and somewhat uh, to the point. Michigan football moves to 2 0 on the season. In a 24-21, I have that right. Yes, I do. Double overtime win over Army. Um, once again, Trevor, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice and professional about it. Ugly, to say the least. No, it was Jim Harbaugh classified the game as a fight, and uh, fights are ugly. So I, I think you're being professionally correct and logically correct. It was an ugly game. Uh, there were turnovers. There were fourth down conversions that weren't converted. There were, there were attempts, but they weren't conversions. Uh, the lone bright spot, you could say, for the team uh, on offense would be Zach Charbonnet, 33 carries, 100 yards. And then defensively, Michigan's D against a triple option offense that just wears you down as the quarters roll on. Uh, Michigan's D was faced with the turnovers Shea Patterson had, which were two fumbles, and then Ben Ben Summerin had a fumble. So uh, lights out performance by the defense. But uh, that performance aside, there's a lot of things Michigan needs to clear and correct in short order during the bye week before they head to Madison, Wisconsin to take on the Badgers. Yeah, and, and 
quickly too before I get into it. Uh, shout out to you. We recorded a post game show at like two o'clock in the morning for last week's game, and we had to completely scrap the audio, so we didn't get to hear your thoughts on the game. So we're making that right now. Uh, knock on wood or knock on plastic uh, as the table we're sitting at here. But uh, I'll start with the defense. There's a lot to kind of get into about this game. I don't need to go through scoring summary or your stats or anything like that. Like you guys saw the game. It was ugly. And it's funny to me that our biggest concern about the Wolverines coming into this game was, hey, obviously we know the offense needs to be better. They need to be sharper. But the defense is going to be as tested as it has been you know, in a while, uh, certainly early on in the year when they take on a team in Army that runs a triple option offense. And I think all things considered, I mean, the defense played pretty well. Uh, we knew there were going to be some struggles. Uh, they did give up 200 yards rushing, but that's because Army ran the ball 61 times. And they ran it at about 3.3 yards per clip, which is kind of their recipe for success. Sean Nua said it earlier in the week. It's a team that tries to beat you three yards at a time. You're going to see them go for it on fourth down. And you're going to see them, uh, if you make mistakes, you think back to why this Army team, which won 11 games last year and almost beat Oklahoma in Norman, it's because Oklahoma made a lot of mistakes and Army kind of, you know, being a, a disciplined football team, kind of the way they play, they will make you pay for that. Uh, if you go on long drives that do not end in touchdowns, they can come back and run a 12-play drive that takes 8, 9, 10 minutes off the clock. But I think all things considered, uh, Don Brown, I know Michigan had kind of made an effort this offseason in the spring and in parts of fall camp, and obviously this week in their game prep to prepare for Army. So to a certain extent, this defense was more ready to go this week than they were in the game last week and I think that you know for as much I'll say it crap as Don Brown kind of tends to get about how things have gone in big games I thought that his unit came to play today the biggest play of the game being the one we knew when Lavert Hill dropped that interception last week we knew that at some point he was going to water was going to find its level and he'd deliver a big play somewhere along the line and, and all things considered honestly I know it's only two weeks but he may have saved the season with his his pick in the red zone on Saturday so to me, when I look at how the defense played, I think that they did as good a job as they possibly could have. And obviously the two scores or the two touchdowns that Army had in regulation were both off Michigan turnovers. And then obviously the, the, the third one comes in overtime. But, um, you know, I, like I said, I feel like they did as good a job as they could have in this game. Outside of a few of miscues, they did have a 31-yard run, um, a really bad uh, offsides penalty by Kali Hudson, which you know, he's a captain and a senior. That cannot happen. Still harmful, but overall, I thought it was a very good, nice little bounce back effort from uh, from. And you know, talking about the defense, I talk about bounce back effort. Aiden Hutchinson, a guy who almost nearly single handedly willed this team to sealing off the win late in the game. So, uh, and he kept the game ball and had it with him at his post game press conference, which was uh, kind of funny too. But overall, I, I I can't say a banner day for the Michigan defense, but a very very strong effort. Now, uh, what most people are talking about right now, Anthony, uh, isn't the defense because people like to be angry, and sometimes they have a right to be, or a right to be concerned at the very least. Well, they and have a right to be both today. Yes. It, <laughs> oh, oh, correct. And we're talking about the Michigan offense, and things are not firing on all cylinders. We didn't necessarily think things would be early in the season with a new offensive coordinator and a new scheme with Josh Gaddis. But at the same time, 
we didn't think there would be the uh, freshman-type miscues at the quarterback position from Shea Patterson. Two weeks into the season, week one, the first play Michigan had on offense, Patterson fumbles the football, careless with the football. Very bad. Today, first drive Michigan has on offense, Patterson scrambles, careless with the football. Uh, Patterson ended up having another fumble due in part to Christian Turner not picking up a block. However, uh, Patterson still, you got to corral that and bring it into your body. He did not. Yeah. Uh, well, still, still loose with the football, but yeah. uh, totally just never saw the pressure coming. Yeah. That to me. But the first one, at the very the least, first we one can was talk about egregious that. and absolutely cannot happen. Exactly. Especially coming off last week. And I think that's where, to kind of get our offensive discussion going here, I think that's where the biggest disappointment lies in this game, despite it being a you know, 24 21 double overtime win at home against the fringe top 25 team is that you thought that after a lot of miscues and mistakes last week against, you know, albeit against a team that really wasn't going to make you pay for them, you thought that the focus would kind of be razor sharp and they'd be come out and ready to compete. But the troubling trend that we've kind of seen in the Jim Harbaugh era is, you know, I can, I, I think I can count, you can maybe count on one hand the amount of times they've come out against a team that can make them pay for their mistakes, that they've come out sharp and ready to play and kind of put their foot down on the gas. Um, I think that's my biggest disappointment is that a lot of those mistakes did not get corrected, and I think we come out of this game having more questions about the Michigan offense than I would have liked to have, especially, you know, we saw a lot of good things last week, and I still think there were, mind you, we've only seen the game once live. We'll have to go back and watch the tape, but... I still think there were good things that we saw at times in this game, the quick passing game. I mean, when it's when it works, it works. Uh, they're move, they move the football quickly. Um, when you're targeting Ronnie Bell, wasn't amazing, but had a much better game um, catching the football. Um, but again, when you're when you're a rhythm offense and you rely on quick passes and, and things like that, you know, Shea Patterson's stat line wasn't terrible. It was he was 19 for 29. But, you know, a few of those throws, and, and you and I talked about this in the press box while it was going on, um, it seems like at, at least four or five of those completions were receivers that kind of had to come back towards the football or adjust brief, a little bit to the football, and maybe you gave up some yardage there. So, um, you know, it's there is not – if there was a quarterback controversy, so to speak, I think we would have seen more of Dylan McCaffrey on – on Saturday, he was on the field briefly. He threw one pass, and that was really, if memory serves me correct, he didn't have any rushing attempts. So that was really about it for him. Um, when I look at the quarterback position right now, uh, and, and Jim Harbaugh talked about last week how the question they're asking themselves is, are, are our efforts good enough to beat the best teams on our schedule? And Army is one of the best teams on their schedule. Uh, it's not one of the elite games that they're going to be judged by, but be sure as hell could have been judged by it if you lose this game. But, you know, right now, um, it doesn't seem like Shea Patterson's hurt, but there's not as much zip on those throws. Uh, I think he's at times a little bit too late in diagnosing and making his reads. Uh, and I wrote about this in the takeaways up on the website. It just kind of seemed like he's in his head. And I know there's still kind of that Dylan McCaffrey hive out there. I'll say this. Heading into a bye week where you've got two weeks before you go play at Wisconsin – if Dylan McCaffrey is truly a better or more superior talent or if there's any chance that he could supplant Shea Patterson as the starting quarterback, he has two weeks to do it. If he's going to make his push, it has to be now. Because right now, 
not that you're not getting championship caliber football out of the quarterback position. And I, and I don't know if you'd get that if Dylan McCaffrey ends up being the guy. Um, I still think this is Shea Patterson's job and everything, but um, if he's better, play better and show it. Um, because I think more often than not what we have seen is that Michigan's going to play the quarterback who is best prepared to be out there on Saturdays. I agree. There's a lot to be desired from Patterson, and we don't know exactly what McCaffrey's ceiling is or what it would look like uh, if McCaffrey's on the field for four quarters at a time. But it's starting to trend in the direction of we kind of know who Shea Patterson is. And he's a good quarterback. He does some nice things. But if we're going back to what Harbaugh said last week, which I thought was a great philosophical question, uh, the answer to Harbaugh's question is no. Patterson's not playing at a level to where he's going to go into Penn State and Madison, Wisconsin, and play Ohio State and Notre Dame and put a whooping on those guys. It's going to be a nail-biter at the very least. And when you're making the turnovers that he did today, and there's also a time where Patterson had an intentional grounding, which is two seconds left in the half where he held on to the ball too long and set up for a long field goal attempt by Quinn Nordeen that didn't convert. So that cost Michigan points. Uh, then there's his accuracy. It comes and goes. There's been lulls in scoring, and you just simply cannot have that against the juggernauts in college football. I mean, if you ever want to play the Clemsons and Oklahomas of the world and hell, even Ohio State's, uh, defense isn't paramount. Offenses, good offenses in college football are going to score. So you, well, you even, have to be able to score, yeah, and even, I, I just I'm not seeing that from Shea Patterson. Well, even with that, this type of effort, you won't beat Wisconsin in two weeks. Ex- exactly. Like I know that defensively, like what Wisconsin will, will want to do is kind of plays in the hands of how Michigan, like Michigan, should be able to, at the very least, contain Jonathan Taylor. And you would think he's not going to go off a la Saquon Barkley in that 2017 game a couple years ago. Um, but Wisconsin always has, also has a good defense. And um, what I'm seeing right now, Michigan has struggled to move the ball consistently against Middle Tennessee. And an Army team that, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this, generally speaking, pretty highly ranked in defensive rankings at the end of the year. But it's also with the caveat of when Army's playing really well, they have the ball for 38, 39, 40 minutes a game, and their defense isn't on the field a lot. So... Um, little bit of an asterisk there. And, and there's something else that doesn't necessarily show up in this stat sheet that you alluded to a few minutes ago, Anthony. And uh, Patterson's a bit slow in his progressions. He's holding on the ball a bit too long today. And another thing I found interesting, now Jim Harbaugh said at his postgame presser that uh, Patterson on read option plays, there weren't any looks to where the quarterback could have ran with the football. Now, there were a few times from our vantage point in the press box where it looked like there was a whole bunch of green grass to one side of the field where Patterson could even scored or at least had a quite a long run. Now, uh, was that a designed read option play in those instances or was it a truly a designed run? That's an answer we'll, a question we'll never get the answer to. Harbaugh's not going to tell us. We're never going to know. But it's head-scratching to say the least when you see things like that. So uh, just going with McCaffrey for a moment here, and what, what you said, he has two weeks to either supplant Patterson or just show, hey, I'm better than him. So there's two scenarios I see unfolding. Uh, 
heading onward. Uh, one being that it's not inconceivable in two weeks' time we see a McCaffrey starting against Wisconsin. Um, I think the higher likelihood is this, is Patterson's going to have a much shorter leash going forward. Uh, we're, we're entering Big Ten play now, and yeah. Big Ten play is so important in the fact that uh, – Okay, Michigan, yes, they want to get in the college football playoff, but Michigan fans, at the very least, are clamoring for a Big Ten title. So each game in Big Ten action is crucial. So these two were dress rehearsals, Army and Middle Tennessee, for uh, Big Ten play. So things are about to get real serious real quick, and uh, the luxuries Patterson's had to worry he's fumbled on uh, two drives in a row and being allowed to stay back, stay in the game – I don't think we're going to see that going forward. Harbaugh yeah. says there's going to be a two-quarterback system basically going to revolutionize college football. Uh, people laughed at that, and I do understand so. But uh, what I'd say to Harbaugh about that is, okay, you said that. Well, now it's time to mean it and own it. Yeah. If, if you truly believe Dylan McCaffrey is that good, he needs to see the field more He's, when the other quarterback's yeah. struggling. Always be, be willing to put in a relief pitcher. Yeah, if this is, uh, if this is a meritocracy, as he, you know, one of his favorite buzzwords – um, I don't know how you can watch the film and say that what you're getting is good enough. And one or two, one of two things will happen: you will get better quarterback play out of Shea Patterson, which I, I'm, I'm not writing that off at all. You tighten up some of the turnover stuff, you're, you know, and accuracy needs needs to get a bit tighter on the throws. Yeah, um, you tighten some of those things up, which we've seen he's proved capable. Like last year, he I thought he's fine. I think what you got, what you can get out of Shea Patterson when he's playing well, is good enough. No one's asking him to be Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray. He doesn't need to be in this offense. And, but and we're not dogging him here either, you and I, Anthony. Uh, we, we're not dogging anybody on this Michigan football team. And uh, the thing is, Patterson. Well, even, I, I have a few people I'll dog. Okay, <laughs> dog whoever you want. But uh, in general, we're objective, is what I'm saying. Uh, we let the film decide our uh, yeah. vi- viewpoints. Uh, but Patterson said last week that uh, he's got to be uh, better and got to be better taking care of the football. So some of our issues with Patterson, what we're saying, it, what I'm getting at is we're not dogging him. I think he'd be the first one if he was sitting next to us right now to say, hey, you're kind of on to something. It kind of pisses me off, but, uh, yeah, I need to play better. Yeah, and he, he does know that. He said as much during the game last week. He wasn't available to the media today, so um, I'm sure to a certain extent feels the same way about it. Um, Jim Harbaugh is not the type of guy to throw anyone under the bus, though there was a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of a disassociating from the offensive game plan. He sort of had, uh, Nick Bumgarner had asked a question about the offensive approach today, because in a lot of ways this was a um, sort of a throwback game in that Michigan ran the ball 45 times. They ran it really quite a bit more than they threw the ball, and a lot of times it was into the teeth of defense with without much going. And they were insistent on that. So in a lot of ways, I kind of had a feeling going into this game that we would see that to a certain extent because the best way to offset a a triple option offense is to keep it off the field. So you want to play a little ball control on your own. But at the same time, you know, a conservative ball control approach comes with, you know, if you're not scoring the points you need to score and you're turning over the football, you're really not helping yourself out there. But I I thought there was a chance we would see that today. Um, And we did. And it is what it is. Um, but Nick had asked about that, to his credit. Good question. Something no one else raised their hand to, to answer. And uh, Harbaugh sort of took issue with that and sort of, you know, defaulted to the quote-unquote plays that were called, which 
Um, I don't know if that's sort of – that's not really chucking Josh Gaddis under the bus, but it, if, if nothing else, um, it backs up the fact that it is Josh Gaddis's offense. And if those guys aren't on the same page, they got to figure it out. And, he, and Harbaugh called it low-hanging fruit to ask about that, said, oh, in any given game, you'd say, why didn't we run the ball more? Why didn't pa- pass the ball more? And then he took a little bit of a shot that I thought was salty and kind of unnecessary. Um, but, again, through two weeks – Heard this buzz, word, buzz term speed and space all summer. Haven't seen a ton of speed, and there hasn't been a hell of a lot of space either. So, And that's something that needs to change. Yeah, I mean, uh, and up-tempo along with the speed and space, right? It's, yeah, uh, spe- no, not a lot of tempo either. Really. No, I, I mean, there's been a lot of the players looking to the sideline, and it's going 10, 9, 8. Uh, are they marginally faster getting to the line of scrimmage? Obviously because, yeah, they're – they're not huddling up, but I think the tempo can be a bit quicker. We're not seeing any uh, blitzkrieg-type attack, Oregon Ducks-type no-huddle offense. Uh, as far as what Harbaugh said about uh, those were the plays that were called, okay, let's say it was Josh Gaddis who's in firm control of the play calls. They ran a lot today. Uh, it almost makes me wonder, uh, did Gaddis trust Shea Patterson in those crucial you know, third and three, third and four, uh, fourth and three, fourth and two situations? Because, I mean, Charbonnet had 33 darn carries today. That's a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. And uh, they did not put the ball in Patterson's hands in those uh, short-to-go situations on third and fourth down. I thought that was kind of interesting. Another thing I found interesting was uh, when Harbaugh was talking about uh, the play calls, uh, specifically the fourth down uh, attempts that uh, failed. Harbaugh said that the analytics uh, said that they should go for him in those instances. Uh, one thing I personally know about Jim Harbaugh, during his time at the 49ers, there's a guy named Parag Marath. He is now the team president and president of business operations for the San Francisco 49ers. Parag was an analytics man, and Parag would give Jim uh, analytics sheet to say, hey, you should go for it here and you should go for it there or not here, not there. Well, Harbaugh would pretty much crinkle that up and tell him to shove it. So I just find that kind of interesting. Maybe Harbaugh's embraced analytics to a certain point, but uh, sometimes you got to go with gut too. So I, I, I just found that interesting. He said analytics about it because yeah. when I think analytics, I do not think Jim Harbaugh to a high extent. Well, here's the thing about the analytics too. The analytics can say, hey, you should probably go for it on fourth and, fourth and two here, which I'm totally fine with and, and extremely in favor of. I think we don't see that enough. Coaches should be a little more aggressive, especially when you have a strength that you want to hammer home. Um, analytics do not inform a play call, though. In my like, Yeah, you might only need to get one or two yards, but even if it's fourth and two, I don't know that there's an analytic that says, hey, you know what you should do in this short yardage situation? Hand it off you to should, the back. You should shotgun your head down and run straight into a brick wall yeah like I don't know if there's an analytic that would tell you that's the case and you know perhaps it's just a situation of we need to block it better we need to to run the play a little bit better that's fine you can always play the the uh if something was executed well yeah we're having a different conversation game and like I said it's um it's just disappointing is all so uh I, have a, I do have one more quick take on the offense, but I think before we do that, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be back to finish out our game summary and recap. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back here on the Mason Brew postgame uh, edition of Michigan versus Army. 24-21 double overtime win. Uh, it was one of those survive and advance type of games. And and I think something that, you know, we see the offensive results. And, and yeah, it wasn't pretty. Something that I think was the most um, maybe, I don't want to say jarring because we saw a little bit of it last week, but on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, both lines got pushed around a bit. And that was uh, that's a concern. I know Army is a tough and physical football team, but those guys aren't as big. Those, aren't, those guys aren't as fast. Yet, um, Carlo Kemp made some nice plays throughout the game, but other than that... Um, I thought that those guys were kind of getting punched in the mouth a bit. Uh, offensively, uh, some of the pre-snap penalties, uh, especially from a guy, you know, we're talking about a, a captain that can't make mistakes. Um, ben Bredesen, again, had a false start uh, in this game. Got to be better than that than as, as a senior. And I think really Bredesen, Ruiz, Mike Onwenu, um, and even to a certain extent Ryan Hayes, um, who did play again in, in uh, relief of John Murnian Jr., I thought it was just an okay effort from them, which is, to me, not good enough because I think at least, you know, when John Runyon comes back, you have an all-Big Ten tackle that comes back in the fold. But without him, you still have three guys in the middle of your line that are all all-Big Ten caliber of performers. And through first couple weeks against teams that they should be able to handle, and I know there are intricacies of the new offense. They have some new responsibilities too. The blocking scheme, I'm sure, is a little bit different, but um, I, not too much good, but also not a ton of bad. I just say I'm a little bit underwhelmed by what I've seen out of the, that group, really on both sides of the ball, mostly on the interior. I'd agree. I mean, I'm not going to be too hard on either line, uh, offensive line, a little banged up the past couple weeks. Uh, could they have played a bit better? Yes. Uh, they could have opened up some bigger holes for Zach Charbonnet today. He didn't have a, a ton of room to roam. Every yard just about was fought for heavily, and that's more credit to Charbonnet because he's making a loss or a one-yard gain turn into a two- or three-yard gain, and that adds up throughout a game. Uh, but I'm going to defend the offensive line just a little bit. I believe at times Patterson could get the ball out a bit quicker to yeah. where it doesn't look I like totally somebody's going to hit him in the chin. Uh, there's a couple unnecessary sacks he took today. And then defensively, yeah, they were getting pushed around a bit. Uh, but, man, uh, only giving up 3.3 yards per carry to an Army team that does nothing 
but run and control the time of possession. And that's another thing to factor in. The Michigan defense was on the field a lot today. Yeah, uh, between were. between three and outs by the Michigan offense and uh, turnovers, uh, they were on the field a lot. So hat, hats off to them. This is only going to serve them well later down the road with their conditioning and their mental fortitude. Yeah, and I think all, if you just take out two, tur- two of the three turnovers today, this is probably a football game that Michigan wins 28-14 or 24-14, which is still not – would like to see more. But uh, no. let's, let's not forget Army scored both of its touchdowns in the first half. Maybe had a chance at a third one, go up two scores, and threw an interception. That was kind of really where the game turned. Um, but the, the defensive effort was – Against a, a team like this, I think I think they passed the test. I do. I, I think that those guys played really well. And, and we were looking last week for guys that could make game-changing plays. Aiden Hutchinson made a game-changing or, or game-saving play in this regard. Um, Hutchinson, Uche, Quiddy Pay, a ton of those guys were in there on that uh, you know sack fumble to end the game. Um, I think that was that was good to see. They had trouble getting pressure with four last week. And, and to see some of those guys make plays um, was encouraging. I, I liked what we saw from them. Um, I think this is kind of maybe not the biggest talking point, but definitely my biggest takeaway from the game um, as we kind of move into the latter part of our recap here. Um, self-inflicted wounds continue to haunt this program and this football team. And when it happens as much as it does – I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it's on the players. Like, the players have to be better. But when it happens as much as it has over the years under Jim Harbaugh, like, you're going to make mistakes here and there. But, you know, the last two weeks, two weeks in a row, we've seen Ohio State because this is the the game. That is the team this program measures itself against. And with a new, to, new quarterback for Ohio State. New quarterback, new head coach. They've roared out to 28 nothing leads two weeks in a row. Against, I mean, it's not a hot take to say – um, Florida Atlantic is, might be a better football team, might wind up being a better football team than Middle Tennessee, and Cincinnati is probably about as good of a team as Army is. They're about the same rankings-wise. Both teams won 11 games last year. That Michigan cannot get out to good starts against good teams, let alone non, the non-conference games, and this is a very good team that Michigan played. Um, to me, is one of the most disturbing trends of the Jim Harbaugh era. Um, you can probably... I mean, everyone wants to, you know, change the quarterback. Everyone, you know, change change the play calling, change the personnel on the field, bench someone. Uh, to me, where those frustrations should lie and where the, the majority of the questions should go is to Jim Harbaugh and his coaching staff. Um, just think of how legitimately – stop and think for one second. How many times has Michigan played a legitimately good football team and to come out right off the bat – and looked like they weren't ready to play. And like I said before, you might be able to do that on one hand um, over the years. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm talking top 25 and in that range type of teams. We haven't seen them, you know, establish themselves early. And that's just, that, that's, that's a problem. At time, you know, you've seen it here and there. But it, it's, um, I think that's the most disturbing part of all, especially coming off of a performance last week where, you knew that the focus this week was going to have to be on getting better and being sharper. Um, to me, last week's errors, you can, always, you can chalk up to nerves. Uh, I said it in last week's takeaways. Good to great football teams 
get away with maybe one or two of those efforts in a year. We've seen two of them in a row now for Michigan. That's um, a sixth of a football season. I told you it wasn't a concern to me until it became a trend. I think two games of eight quarters of football is a trend. And, and now you go into a stretch where you have two weeks to fix this or you're going to go into Camp Randall and you're going to get smacked around a bit. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is the head coach. Ultimately, he's the one who does and has to take accountability for any miscues that we've seen happen year in, year out. Uh, but a lot of things in life are a paradox, and uh, this brings me to my next point, is how does a guy like Jim Harbaugh or any coach in the nation, you have a quarterback who's an alternate captain and he's a senior. There's certain things that I, I just don't know how you coach him to not fumble the ball on the first possession two weeks in a row. Uh, that, that to me is disturbing too. Uh, just what what's Jim Harbaugh supposed to do there? I, I don't know. Do you do you yell at him? Do you do you rag on him more? Uh, because part of what at least the past two weeks the the big issue with the offense's slow start has been uh, the momentum killer, which has been a Patterson turnover that was a fumble. I mean that's going to deflate a team. It deflates the crowd. The crowd got quiet both weeks now when Patterson did that. Uh, it's just a I don't have an answer to that. Maybe you do. I, I don't. I that's can't explain thing. it because I, I – I, So that's not Harbaugh's fault. I genuinely opinion. think – like, I genuinely think this is a well-coached football team. But for whatever reason, in some of these bigger games, like – The weirdo stuff as we like – The weird stuff happens it. early, and yeah. it kind of puts them in a bit of a hole. And that's, you know, it sends social media ablaze. And I don't, I don't know how you fix that. Uh, I just know that – when so many little things go wrong, to me it points on an emphasis. And again, I'm not accusing of Jim Har- Jim Harbaugh of not coaching the fundamentals of his team because I think since he's been at Michigan, they are so much more fundamentally sound than they have been in a lot of ways. But um, you know, just yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to put into words. I guess it's just it's concerning. Now, let me say this as well. Lost in all of this, in all of the outrage, is that Army is a really good football team. I talked about it earlier. It's a team that's won 21 games over its last two years. You look at the schedule for them, they might, they're might they very likely to win 11 or 10 games again. Um, those guys came to play on Saturday, and they played, they played about as well as a game as you could have played, and they also jumped on this, like, Michigan played right into their hands. You look at that game that they played against Oklahoma last year, um, Army was able to kind of lure you into a bar fight by capitalizing on the mistakes that you made. Um, Michigan played exactly the type of game that Army thrives in. And so to get this to overtime, was a. that's why they weren't aggressive down the stretch. To get to overtime is just it's where they wanted to be. They lay in the weeds. That's what they do. Um, lot, like, like I said, we – cannot possibly give Army enough credit for how well they played. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of my thoughts on the game as a whole. I do have some final thoughts here, but before we get out of here, is there anything you want to share before uh, – except we won't have a post game next week because there's no game to play, but uh, anything that you want to share about this team heading into the bye? Yeah, I, I, I just think that coaching staff uh, needs to be willing to uh, – 
always adapt, be willing to change on a week-to-week basis. And that means whether it's the offensive line, the quarterback position, some certain uh, wrinkles added or uh, dismissed from the playbook, uh, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take more adaptation because this, this is not a finished product on the field. And from the players' standpoint, uh, they need to get after it in a hurry. They need to hit that playbook. They need to get to the film room. And they need to fine-tune their craft on the practice field because uh, they have lofty goals. We know what they are. And uh, they're not going to get there. They're not going to be the teams they need to beat if they don't improve. They know that. It's not me ragging on them. It's just reality. And uh, they got a long way to go and a short time to get there, as the song from Smokey and the Bandit says. <laughs> can sneak in a Smokey and the Bandit reference. I dig that. Um, I'll say this about the offense. I will give them credit that, you know, I think that they – a lot of what we saw today was by design in terms of the running stuff, the the kind of the clock possession type of – or the clock uh, – killing some clock and going on longer drives. I'm fine with that. I have an issue with the execution. Uh, that's really all it is. And I think that this – I think they can be multiple enough in their approach to kind of zig when someone zags. But uh, the execution on their end just needs to be better. So uh, my final thoughts before we get out of here, uh, this to me – as things stand right now, this is not a championship-caliber football team. It might not even be one that can win nine games at this rate if they play as they will. Now, I expect them to. I would still expect this team to win 10 games, maybe 11 games if things really start to click and go right. But uh, you know, improvements have to come. Uh, these next two weeks are, are huge for them. Um, they're plenty talented. Offensively, we've gotten glimpses of some really good stuff when it works. Uh, but the self-inflicted wounds, the gunshot blast to your foot, it's going to result in another long season for Michigan football. And if you don't, um, like I said, the nice thing about this year is that the difficulty kind of builds with each week. And uh, you know, the hard games are coming. You've got a very difficult test coming in a few weeks. Um, but if you don't improve, it's going to be another season without wins against your biggest rivals and without hardware, which is really what we – as far as I'm concerned, this season is pass-fail on that no hardware no success a hundred percent i mean uh it's past the point of no excuses this is a complete harbaugh filled roster these are the guys he's recruited and been in the homes of so it's his footprint his blueprint uh his stamp is all over this football team yeah. in every which way so the, the, the time is nigh the time is now it's past the time yeah you've, you've changed the offense you've changed coach assistant coaches you've you've recruited some really good pro-caliber style of offensive players, pro, pro guys on both sides of the ball. Um, there are no more excuses, barring a massive injury, but uh, things already aren't going that great, and they're two games in without any big-time injuries outside of, you know, we can hope Donovan Peoples-Jones comes back, and that's the shot in the arm they need. So um, I'll say this. If they're satisfied, that would be concerning. Uh, it's, it is really hard to learn a new offense, especially when it's kind of a departure from what you've been doing the last four or five years. But in a lot of, a lot of ways, I think we saw the old ways sort of return on Saturday. And that was, that was concerning. And I think someone needs to step up and take responsibility for that. And I think in-house they are. Um, I'm not asking for Jim Harbaugh to throw his quarterback under the bus. I'm not asking him to throw his OC under the bus. But it's 
I think all of them would agree the, and make the acknowledgement that things need to be better. So bye week coming up, a uh, trip to Wisconsin on, uh, let's see, check the calendar here, uh, two weeks from today, September 21st. So a lot of growing up to do, a lot of development to do. Um, that's going to do it for us. We've got a couple weeks to, uh, it feels like a bye week is at the perfect time for all of us. So um, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. You can follow Trevor on Twitter at Woods Football. Follow the website at Maize and Brew uh, for our podcast, which uh, will still be Monday through Friday next week, even with no bye week, obviously no post game. Uh, get your shows wherever you can find them, Apple, Google, Spotify. If there's a place you don't see it yet and you want it to be there, let us know. We'll work on getting it up there. So uh, this has been the Maize and Brew Post Game Show. Michigan walks out with a 24-21 double overtime win against Army. Move to 2-0 on the season. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.